start, I wanted to actually just take a moment um, to honor the humble Broncos. It's been a year since uh, that tra tragic accident. So if we can all just take a moment um, to think about that and have a moment of silence for them. Awesome. Thank you so much. Um, so I'm Ailish Forfar. I am, was, slash, am a member of the Markham Thunder uh, this one we'll past season. We'll always be. We, all, uh, we're not sure if it's was or are, but we are still here representing women's hockey, so I'll be moderating this discussion. So you guys introduce yourselves. Uh, I'm Liz Knox. I'm also a member of the Markham Thunder. Uh, my first year in the CFHL was 2011, and I represent uh, the players on the Players Association. And I'm Carly Campbell. I'm a defenseman not for the Markham Thunder, for Toronto Furies, and I've been in the CWHL. This would have been my third season that I just finished. Awesome. So just a special thank you for supporting women's hockey. Um, it's been a bit of an eventful week. I don't know if you guys have been up to anything special, but... It's been a little bit out of sorts, so um, this is a really important time for us to be getting our voices heard, so thank you to Puck Talks for supporting us out here today. And I think we should probably, you know, address the elephant in the room. There's been some things happening this week, so I'll, we'll start with Liz. So Liz is on the CWHL PA. Um, I'm sure you've been overwhelmed with media and such this week. Just maybe walk it through for the people that haven't been able to follow or have been confused by the Twitter rants. What's been going on, and as a player's perspective, how can you kind of show what we've been up to and how it's been difficult for us? Yeah, so <laughs> we hopped on the call on Sunday. Um, people that were available for the call got on, but obviously, you know, a lot of us have, have jobs, so it was about 9.30, 10 o'clock, and we were told that the CFHL was seizing operations, so that was the first that any of us had ever heard of it. That includes coaches, GMs, um, so it left us in a very, you know, difficult situation. So the days following were very hectic and continue to be hectic. Uh, there seems to be every time it kind of slows down, another announcement comes out. So um, from players, I mean, we represent a very diverse group. Um, people who are fresh out of college and maybe don't have jobs. People who work part-time. People with full-time careers such as myself. And then girls, obviously, that we're watching today uh, in the game. Uh, Canada, U.S., Finland, uh, Japan, I believe. So we represent a very, you know, unique group of, of women. Um, so it's, it's been trying, the week has basically been trying to connect with those women and find out their thoughts, find out where they sit on, you know, having no league or potentially, you know, a league to look to or, you know, opportunities to present themselves. So it's been very busy. It's been a lot of communication. But, um, yeah, day by day, we're just kind of picking away at it. For sure. And Liz was immediately awesome in her response for the players, telling us, that, you know, let's stick, to, let's stick together. Let's be united in, in this um, journey that we're going to go through. Not sure how long it's going to take, but um, kudos to you for being a really strong force for us. Thanks. You're welcome. Um, and then to Carly, I, I actually saw, I didn't know Carly really before this, but I saw an Instagram post that she posted um, that was really moving. And I really wanted to talk about that today. So... You're a mother, and yes, yes and <laughs> yes. Um, the post that you put forward. Just tell us a little bit about that, in case anyone hasn't had the chance to see it, and you should go look it out, look it up, because it brought a lot of people to tears, and it was really moving. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so there's a little baby in the back there with pink headphones. That's my daughter, and her name's Kyson, and she's six months old. 
And I had her in September, um, came back to the league in January to keep playing. And this post kind of generated from me sitting alone in the dark, rocking her to sleep in a rocking chair, but wondering to myself why I decided to come back to hockey and why I wanted to play again. And there was a lot of reflecting and I kind of just looked at her and thought, you know, it's because of her. And if you guys read the post, it's about surrounding her with strong women, um, like these two right here. And in scenarios like this, just witnessing people come together in times of, that are really tough and taking the positive out of any type of situation. And that's the type of life that I want her to live. And that's what women's hockey is for. And so I think it resonated with so many people because we do this for the little girls who can have a dream to one day play professional hockey because we didn't have that as little girls and this is why this the league folding is so significant because little girls were finally given the chance to think that they could play this game professionally and it's been taken away and I've seen countless posts of moms having to have that conversation with their six or seven year old girls who are asking about the Toronto Furies or about the Markham Thunder and asking why they can't play hockey anymore so kind of that's where my post came from and I'm really happy that it resonated with a lot of people of course and just to yeah let's do that and just to build on that, um, your post kind of sparked a debate of like sticking together and finding the right league. And also, I've seen some similar posts. Um, I know Rich, Kristen Richards, sorry for those that don't know her by her nickname, also had her students and some other people like get involved in this kind of movement. And so, Noxie, maybe you can talk on that a little bit, like what you've seen build from Carly's post. Yeah, I mean, I was definitely one of the people who, as soon as I read Carly's post, you know, be- after Sunday, it's very much like, wow, this changes my world. Like, my team is affected and my friends are affected. And reading Carly's post was like, this is so much bigger than my team. This is so much bigger than my career. This is so much bigger than anything that any one of us individually have done. And, you know, we're in a room here of a a lot of volunteers for our league. And these are people who have dedicated a decade of their life to us. And not for anything better than exactly that, which is that they want to be a part of something and part of history that gives young girls, you know, that dream. And I think reading that just kind of really hit me and I was just like, wow, yeah, like this is, this is not about us. This is not about the CW folding. This is not even about, you know, pro women's hockey. It's, it's about, it's a gr- much bigger picture about, you know, where do we sit? Where, what kind of world do we want to create for young women? So um, reading that definitely inspired me and, and it, it really helped me also in, you know, responding to some of those posts from fans because the fans were affected as well. And they were like, how do I talk to my daughter about this? How do I tell her that now there's nowhere for her to play? Like, what, what message do I send? And I was like, that's perfect. Like, we'll be back for you. Like, this is not the end. We believe in you as much as you believed in us along. So, and I'm looking at Addie now. I'm like, gosh, you, like, c- come on, look at that kid. Like, how can you not create women's hockey for a kid like that, right? <laughs> Sorry, not to put you on the spot. <laughs> Yeah, and I know, as I said earlier, like it's a very emotional time, but to see how positive the response has been as a member of a team and as a league, like I've never felt so much community, which is really special for someone that's only been in the league for one year. So like I wasn't a part of this building. I wasn't a part of the history that went into this league, but now to see everyone come together is really special to be a part of that. Um, so we'll, we'll start talking about this game now. <laughs> so this is important as well. And I think one thing to, to talk about, and Noxie talk, touched on this a bit, is these players that are on the national teams that are part of the CWHL are going through a lot right now. And they had to find this out in Finland. 
So maybe you can give us a little bit of an understanding of maybe the difficulty it's been for them to find this out, you know, in the midst of a world championship they're about to play for. Like, this is, you know, this is really big for them. A lot of them, it's their first opportunity at this game, and they're trying to make a mark for themselves, and they have this kind of dropped on their plate. So maybe you can touch on that a little bit. Yeah, I think, like, <clears throat> I have, like, the utmost respect for the girls that are out there that are directly affected, and also those that are, you know, fresh out of college. You know, Lauren Gable, she's, you know, she's just graduating, or she's about to graduate. You know, she had her sights on the CW, and she's at her first world championship, like, you have to kind of incorporate all these things. And, and as an athlete, you know, those of us in the room that have played any sort of athletics, um, you know, you're trying to really navigate this unterritoried water and you're just like, wow, like, how am I going to perform with this kind of pressure and this kind of, you know, future or, or, you know, foggy future ahead of us? And, like, if there's one thing I can say, you just watch that first period. Like, that's what they're going to do. They're going to play like the world-class athletes that they are. It's unfortunate that this scenario is all too familiar to them. And, and certainly of this magnitude, you know, this is the first time, but they're used to dealing with the most adversity out of any professional athlete that we know. They don't fly first class and stay in luxurious, you know, hotel rooms for weeks before their competition. Like, they played with us, they got on a plane, they flew to Finland, they practiced with their teams a couple times, and now they're playing at the World Championships. So it's like, it's, it's you know, they're, it's familiar to them, and that's almost a sad reality, is that, you know, they can play under the most extreme pressure, but in terms of contact, they've been amazing, and, and they've reached out to me as often as they can, and certainly in varying degrees, but, you know, on the Players Association, we have a few girls on the national teams, and, yeah, I mean, they want what's best for women's hockey. They're doing their best, and, like, that's what they've always done. And uh, Carly, maybe you can touch on a little bit like the communication on your team. Obviously, we're not part of the Furies group chat for various <laughs> reasons, but maybe you can tell us a little bit about what kind of com conversations have been happening for your team. Yeah, so we look to them as leaders as well. They, um, yes, they play on the national team, but just because they wear the Maple Leaf, it doesn't mean that we see that as them being better than us. They are really good people, very good hockey players, and very good leaders. So we are obviously turning to them to see what they need as well. Um, one thing people need to understand is that their development takes place in the CWHL in between the Olympics. So for the little girls who have dreams to going to the Olympics, right, they need to know that that development takes place in our league as they get older. And this league is extremely important to them. Like we have jobs outside of the CWHL, but for them hockey is their job, which is amazing. And um, we really felt for, you know, Spooner and, and Nurse and Fast and for the other girls that have been in the Canadian program. And we need to know what they want, too. They're across an ocean right now, um, but that's why our WhatsApp group is so important at this point. Yeah, it's just a keyboard, but their best interests need to be um, in our thoughts as well moving forward, which is why a lot of our decisions won't be taking place till after they get back. Of course, and I think that's really important to value their opinions and, and make these decisions in the next couple of weeks when they're back and they've had time to, to address their concerns. And in terms of this platform that they're playing on, like I think you can see the energy and almost this as like a, a breakthrough kind of tournament for them in a sense to, to prove like we're getting all this media attention and, and people care about us now. Like let's put ourselves on the map and let's have an amazing tournament and come back with this momentum to make a change? And do you think that maybe the rivalry series leading up to this and all, all the camaraderie that Canada USA has, like, do you think that's gonna hit its 
point when we come back and address the CWHL of what's next, like these players have put this game on the map again for us? Yeah, I definitely think you're seeing a lot more buy-in. And, you know, this stage is the perfect, you know, it's the perfect storm. It's, I won't say that the timing was perfect because I don't think it was, but it's, it's the situation that we're dealt with. And, you know, last night some people saw some of the, um, the highlight of the rivalry um, on TSN, I believe. And it, it, you're seeing a lot more buy-in from media. You're seeing a lot, and the product on the ice. I mean, this is... Like, this is as good as the hockey gets, like whether it's World Juniors or NHL or, or what have you. I mean, this is right up there. That it's you can see it in every stride. So, um, I think it's good that they're able to use this platform to kind of draw that buy-in from the media, from the general public, and from people that you know wouldn't typically identify themselves maybe as women's hockey fans, but as hockey fans. And that's you know that's a big picture. Is if you love hockey. You love the rivalry series. Everyone does. That's why they watch the Olympics every four years. So if you love that game, you will love the product that we put on the ice because it's the same, just with players a little bit more dispersed than, you know, some of us average folk in the mix. <laughs> Anything to add on that, Carly? I don't know if you wanted to touch on that. Um, another re reason why I really respect these girls is because they hate each other on the ice. Like, a lot of the, a lot of the um, replays that we see on TSN are fights that are started during these games and they cannot stand each other on the ice. But when this happened, they met in a room together, Team USA and Team Canada girls recognizing that this is something bigger than just a world championship and what, they're, what kind of jersey they're wearing at this tournament. So kind of to Liz's point, they're able to switch um, it on immediately. Like they go from their friends, they're in this for the bigger picture, to a day later hating each other again and giving us awesome highlights. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> And that's why this is the best rivalry, I think, in all of sports. Like, sorry to the original six or anyone else. I think Canada-USA obviously puts it on a different um, level. And just looking at what's next, like, any predictions for the rest of the tournament? Like, let's talk a little bit about some of the new faces on Canada. Um, where do you think that they're going to have their most impact? And um, especially, like, a Lauren Gable maybe coming into the league, if there is one in the future. Like, is this a big moment for her to make a decision, kind of what's next for her? And I, I know she got her first goal in the first game. Um, have you had a chance to look at some of the new talent coming up? Do you want me to take that you can, and then yeah, I, I'll go after it. You go first. Um, yeah, I mean, she's, she shows a ton of potential, right? Um, it's her first world championship, and she's young, and she's coming off a very hot college career. Um, so, you know, she's used to the pressure, which is also beneficial to her, you know, sitting on this next stage. I also got to kind of give a shout to Bette, you know, like, oh, this yeah. is her first world championship. Um, she's an old gal like me, but she's somebody who, like, has put in a ton of work. And, you know, getting back to our, our conversation here, like, why did she do it? Like, did she do it because she thought one day, you know, I'm going to make my way back onto the Olympic team? No, she did it because she just loves hockey. She wants to be the best player she can be. And that, fortunately, has earned her this spot here. So, you know, I love to see, I love to see that, you know, her, her first kind of, oh. oh, here we are, we're back in the game. <laughs> Color, Color commentary, commentary by live. Liz Knox. <laughs> <laughs> we can go, yeah. So actually, I think we might try to do this between the second and third as well, just because I feel like we have so much to talk about and um, I, we should use this platform valuably. So thank you for staying with us and we'll probably see you next intermission. So Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Go Canada. Hello. Oh, hi. That shocks me every time. So we're back. Um, already less professional because Noxie brought her beer up here. So this is an open second intermission. We have no plans. 
So we're actually going to open it up maybe for a little bit of questions. So we'll give you a couple minutes to think if you have any questions for any of us, but probably those two, I'm sure. Um, but I actually wanted to talk maybe if you... Did you watch any of that period? I watched parts of it, yeah. Okay. So I was going to say I wanted to talk about like a specific player that had been impressing me a little bit from the CWHL as well, but especially in her Canada return, and that's Ambrose. So I actually played hockey with Amber, Aaron Ambrose um, when I was quite young. We played boys hockey together. I grew up in the York region area with her. So I, I just wanted to mention that I thought she's having like an incredible kind of return. I know she got cut from the Olympic team, and that was really devastating. And I think her vision is something that's just spectacular, the way she sees the puck um, and the play. I think she's one of a kind. So she's definitely been impressing me a lot with her um, her skill out on the ice, and as I said, her vision is, is incredible. So that's just something I noticed. So I want to know if you guys saw anything that you're like, shut them out, you know? Um, I mean, just for the girls that got cut from the Olympic program before, um, to get cut from the Olympic team is obviously very devastating, and the World Championships is kind of like that opportunity for them to redeem themselves, and when they get an invite, um, it, there's a lot of pressure on them to really prove to Hockey Canada that they belong on that Olympic team. And I just want to echo your thoughts. Like, Ambrose is doing absolutely amazing. Um, claim to fame, I helped recruit her to Clarkson. Um, so that's my go-to. But she, she's always been like that. She's been in the Hockey Canada program since she was, like, 13, I think, 14. So um, one of those players that isn't totally flashy when in terms of skating and whatnot, but she has unbelievable vision. Just wanted yeah. to reinforce that. Yeah, we were just talking about it at the table, actually, the Markham Thunder table. We we're just saying, you know, she's really smooth and, and uses her body well and great vision, as, as Carly's just reiterated. So, uh, you know, hearing that from your, your competition is obviously a testament to what a great player she is. But um, I thought Dawu, actually, that, I thought she had a great second period there. You know, she's getting pucks to the net. And, uh, wow, I just sound like the most, like, stereotypical <laughs> hockey player ever. <laughs> but, no, they're doing a lot of good things. And uh, Mashmar, actually, you know, because that's... Primarily what I watch is just goaltending. Um, I thought she looked really calm the first two periods, and, and that's a part of her game that I've noticed uh, in games where she does really well or maybe she struggles a little bit. It's like she looks a little jumpy sometimes, but she was very cool and calm and collected that period, so look for big things for her. If you had to choose the least, th the three people you'd least want to have a shootout on you that are on the ice right now... Who would those three players be? Like, we just put the names in a hat? Like, no, no. You got to pick your top three players. You're like, no way. I have no chance. Either team. That's, the, you know, really? Okay, Canada. Okay, I'll, I'll just, okay, on Canada, I'll, I'll say nurse. She, like, she's got that high glove shot. I don't know if you guys know this about me, but I'm not uh, the tallest goalie in the league. Probably the shortest, actually, but... No, she's got a very quick release, and she's also got really good hands, so she's a little deceptive that way. Um, I would say, could I, could, I'll go, I'll go south of the border too. Okay. okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, coin. She's got like she's pretty fast. Apparently, she's so fast. I feel like I would just back right up and be like, okay, there's the net. I'll just go she home. She did now. score a breakaway goal too, so yeah, yeah. Way to like, pay attention. She, and she likes, you know, she's got the lateral movement. She's spread wide and came back and I'm smaller than Mashmar so I would have been down and out but um, that's another one and then oh gosh I don't know it's tough. Jenner Jenner's a great great pick for a shootout again she's a you know heads up player she's looking at the net the whole time and she's just very patient so she's waiting for you to make your mistake which I sometimes do 
Sometimes not more than I would though. like. <laughs> if you had to build a team around three players that are on the ice. Uh, Should have given you a heads up, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> right on the spot. A lot of pressure. Spotlight's on you, too. Um, That's my lightsaber. <laughs> um, what, Rebecca Johnson, who plays for Calgary. Uh, great leader, great spokesperson for hockey, uh, and an extremely good hockey player as well. That's from a veteran standpoint. And then if I think of rookies, I think Gable's definitely definitely an up-and-coming kid. So I believe you need a mix of that veteran leadership and that, um, that rookie base. Um, you said three players? Ooh. You gotta pick a goalie. <laughs> now you know. Goalies. <laughs> um, um, you can pick I'm, Knox. Yeah, Noxy. <laughs> I'd, I'd go... I, you know what? I, I think I'd say MASH because she... Um, I think she had, like, she had a rough year before this year and all of a sudden she went from Calgary to Montreal and I think lit it up this year, led the, t- led the league in every single category um, in terms of statistics. So if I were to go goalie, I'd, I think I'd go MASH too. And it's interesting that we talk about like how this league develops players and especially when they have that off season like as you as you mentioned mash maybe didn't have the best season but like what is it that goes on in that off season especially as a goalie like that changes you um from you know maybe a a pretty devastating year to being able to come back and mash leading the league and every standing and, and being able to be here like what kind of stuff do you do off season that changes you as a player yeah i think obviously i'm not speaking for myself on this but just knowing the girls on our team and uh the culture on our team is, you know, it's really nice to get back to the side of the game of why you really fell in love with it and uh, being around your teammates and, and enjoying the time at the rink. Um, sometimes when hockey becomes too much of a job, you know, it's it's hard to keep your, your goals focused and, you know, those players are some of the most driven people that we know and, and they're very goal oriented and in terms of how much, you know, their improvements on and off the ice. but. Sometimes, you know, what our league offers them is just a chance to really, you know, fall in love with the game again and fall in love with your teammates and and make sure that you're just enjoying where you are at, like where you're at. And especially the year after the Olympics is your chance to, you know, kind of recuperate. It's like, okay, get back to why you're here, why you love this game. And then progressively year after year, as you get close to the Olympics, it's really, you know, narrowing in and honing in on those things that you want to achieve to make that team, make that final roster. What she said. All right. Does anybody have any questions for anybody up here? Anybody? We have a wireless mic as well. So, oh, oh, yeah, that's our mic. For that's not a question. For that's just a microphone. <laughs> anyway, we're an open book. Oh, yeah, there's one. Don't be shy, Jenna. Jenna? Yeah, hi, my question is for either of you. In whatever form the next women's professional league takes, whether it's the new NWHL, it could be the new one league, whatever it is, do you think it requires the backing of the NHL or is the NHL, it's nice to have if you're on board, great, but if you're not on board, that's fine too. We can go on it as our own. What are your thoughts? That's a great question. Um, everyone heard the question, yeah? It's basically where, does, where do we see the NHL fitting in our next steps? Um, I think keeping the title of the NHL outside the question, it is important that we have a major corporation support our next step. I think the thing that we've lacked most, uh, I was having this conversation earlier, was that you know nobody sees us right now. And I don't mean that, that we're not just on TV. I mean, nobody sees us. 
They don't see our advertising. They don't see our promotion of our games. And that's not for lack of effort of the people that really dedicate themselves to our league, but it's a, 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 you know, a fault of, I guess, just not having the resources. And so I think the next step definitely includes somebody big like the NHL. Sure, we can put that name on it, but um, certainly we're not limiting ourselves to that being a, you know, our, our sole direction at this time. Um, kind of to echo that, I also, when it comes to a corporation, I think we need people that are both um, business-minded, who have extreme, who have proven success on the corporate side of things, but also have a hockey knowledge. Um, the hockey world is very unique when it comes to business development, so we need people that have played the game, that have been in the game, who've grown with the game, um, specifically on the women's side too, to be involved in that, that process along with the corporation, who will be bringing in the expertise when it comes to the dollar side of things. But I think there needs to com be a combination of the two. The, N the NHL would be kind of like that ideal scenario where they have both sides, but I'm sure there is a unicorn out there somewhere else that could al also offer the same thing. Of course, and if you look at like a WNBA structure built under the NBA, like obviously it takes a little bit of time to get that to a profitable organization, but we can aspire to maybe having some sort of support in that sense. And just to build off what Liz said in terms of not being seen, like if you look at what happened on Sunday at noon, I've never seen so many people all of a sudden care about the CWHL. I'm like, I'm like, did you even know what this was? Like, people just came out of the woodworks to talk about CWHL. And that was almost like a, in a positive sense, you could look at it being like, oh, these people cared all this time. Like, this is great. Where were you two months ago, two years ago, ago, 12 years ago? Like, you can look at it in that sense. Um, so I think you're right. Like, being seen is a huge step for us. And if we try to look positively at what's happened with our league, I think we can see, like, there is a desire to talk about it, to support women's hockey, and to come to events like this, like, to, to be engaged in the conversations happening, and it's just, like, looking for that, maybe that sponsor or that unicorn or, or who can help us make that next step. And there's been conversations this week about potential opportunities, and it's, it's almost like a we'll see what happens like you, you don't want to my mom always says count your chickens before they hatch like you just gotta just gotta wait we gotta wait right now we gotta see what these potential opportunities actually transpire into and then not just jump into something because it's available business decisions can't be made in 48 hours yeah. I agree <laughs> let's move on thank you great, great question thanks anybody else uh, I think Jenna oh no oh, we have one over here yeah hi hello Assuming your goal is to get the CWHL back and running, um, what are you guys as players doing to get it back currently? And then what can us as fans do to help you guys with that goal? Yeah, so I'll try to unpack that a little bit. Um, I can't speak that our goal right now is to revive it, but I do know that the fans, as you're, as you're alluding to, are you know, very invested and very loyal to this group that we've you know, developed in the CWHL. So um, you know, in theory, if we were to revive the CWHL or if that was our goal for next season, um, it's, it's a matter of 
first of all, we have to be very diligent and, and figuring out what, where do we break down, right? And that's a conversation that we would have to really dig, dig into because as players in the league and even as the PA, I'm, I'm not in on board meetings. So I don't know the specifics of where we fell apart and why we worked for 12 years and then you know this was the year that we didn't work. So the first thing is obviously identifying the problem. And then in, from the fans, I mean, I don't think there's too much more we can ask of our fans that we have here, you know? Like, our fans are incredible, and we've seen success. And, and this is the, the terminology that, you know, I think we need to kind of dive into here is, you know, were we a sustainable league? Yes, we were sustainable because we came back every year. Were we a successful league? Yes, because we came back every year, we had more fan interest, we had better venues, we had more interest from NCAA girls. How we define sustainable and successful, you know, if the league wants to put it in a business term, then absolutely, that's their prerogative, that's, you know, that's what they're there for, is to, is to take care of that. But I don't want people to think that the CWHL wasn't successful and that our fans weren't successful in supporting us because absolutely you were. You paid for the tickets and we saw significant increases year to year that people were more willing and more willing to bring out their friends and more willing to bring out family and teammates and you know, it, the market was growing for us. So it, that's why it's, it, it was a hard take, I think for a lot of people, not just players, but volunteers and coaches and to say that the CHL wasn't sustainable or wasn't successful because it very much was. So in terms of those next steps, I mean, to be determined, um, as Carly said earlier, or April 15th is really our you know, next step stage where we can talk to our players that are overseas. But um, yeah, I mean, we're very proud of the CWHL as players, as volunteers, coaches. Um, it's something that, you know, we, we separate the decision on Sunday. I think you'd be hard pressed to find a player that wasn't, you know, happy about this year and, and proud to be a part of it. So it's, it's a tough take. Oh, it's hard to follow. Oh, we got another question. Good, because I have nothing to say after that. Good conversation. Uh, I, I was talking to Katrina a little bit earlier uh, about the league, and I love the league, and I love women's hockey, and I, I love women's golf. I think that it's the finest golf and the finest hockey around. I guess if the question I have for you guys is if you were to snap your fingers, close your eyes, and then open up, what would be utopia for you guys? Uh, I, I've got my own sort of thoughts on that. But I'd be curious of, of what you guys, if you, your wish came true in reality, in a realistic world, what would that be? That's my father-in-law, ladies and gentlemen. That's Rob. Thank you, Rob. <laughs> um, ideal for me would be, be able to have a living wage. Uh, do I want to make $10 million a year? Of course, that'd be great. But I mean, ideally, that or realistically, that probably won't happen, but I would love to be able to train full-time, play hockey, make enough money to have a nice house, have a family, um, and not have to worry about finances. When it comes to a fan base, um, are we gonna fill 18,000 seat arenas on a daily basis? Probably not, but do I think we have the ability to? Yes, and following that point, I would love to be in a venue that would allow us to see the potential not in a two, 300-seater arena. I want to be in Coca-Cola Coliseum to see what we can do. Um, so that's my ideal. Yeah, and I mean, I'm just going to speak on behalf of us, but I think I echo all of those, those points. Like, it's not too much to ask for, and as female professionals, 
we should be striving for the best. So I, I, I echo that, and I hope that one day we can sit up here and say we have those things. And in the meantime, third period is starting, so we'll have to wrap it up. But uh, I don't think we'll be up on the stage after. But if you ever have any questions, feel free to come chat with us. And thank you again for attending. Thanks, thanks so much. Yeah, thanks, guys.